Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to the Heredity Podcast with me, Dr. James Bergen. Now, the unassuming house mouse, Mus musculus, is one of the most important organisms in all of biology. From experimental genetics to research in human disease, it's hard to quantify just how much this little mammal has helped us understand our own biology. And, as it turns out, they can also help us understand our own history, as hidden within their genomes resides a prehistorical record of human movement across a continent. How can this be? Well, let's find out, as we hear from the authors behind the new heredity paper, House mouse, Mus musculus, dispersal in East Eurasia, inferred from 98 newly determined complete mitochondrial genome sequences. As well as being a really fascinating study, this episode also marks our first interview with researchers in Japan. Welcome to the Heredity Podcast. Can you please introduce yourselves? My name is Hitoshi Suzuki, professor of graduate school of environmental science, Hokkaido University. I am studying uh, the phylogeny and population genetics of small rodents. I'm Naoki Osada. I'm an associate professor of information science and technology department of Hokkaido University, the same uh, university as uh, Dr. Suzuki. So I'm uh, mostly working on the biomatics part of this research. So I'm studying a lot of genome sequences of many different organisms, including humans or other animals like primates. And this for this study, I study the mouse genome sequences and mitochondrial genome sequences. Well, it's great to have you both join us on the podcast. And you both there mentioned mice and the paper that we're here to discuss. But before we get into the details, what is this paper broadly about? So uh, in Eurasia, the past 10,000 years have been a very important period for humans. Uh, during this period, human culture, language, society, and uh, nations developed diversity of which is thought to have been created by the geographical movement of agriculture-based populations. Crops such as millet and rice played important roles in the geographical shift. As humans migrated, these plants and domesticated animals expanded their ranges. Simultaneously, commensal animals such as house mice and roof rats extended their ranges by following humans and the rural areas are suitable as house mouse habitats, providing space for nesting, food, and shelter during winter. The man-made environment prevents competition with native rodents, especially congenital species. As the geographical expansion of house mice is closely linked to human history, phylogenetic analysis of house mice should tell us much about the special shift in the agriculture activities of prehistoric humans. Mm, fascinating. And I guess you mentioned quite a few species there and kind of told us why you looked at these mice, but I wonder if you could tell us more about these mice and what makes them so interesting. Yeah, house mice originated in the Middle East and South Asia, where uh, there are three genetically distinct subspecies with different geographic distributions. Uh, they used unique routes for migration with humans, and currently they are distributed all across Europe and Asia. They are 
also found in other continents and is widely distributed throughout the world. In this study, we focused on the two subspecies that colonized Asia, the Muscles lineage, which migrated via northern route, and the Castaneus lineage, which migrated via the southern route. Both subspecies ultimately reached the Japanese archipelago. Mm. No, it's, it's really, really interesting. And I wonder, specifically in this study, what did you set out to find? What were your aims here? The purpose of this study is to determine the detailed spatial temporal dynamics of the eastward movement of the muscles and castanets of species at higher resolution than before. Because the time scale is very short, only several thousand years, we need a high-resolution phylogeny and accurate estimation of divergence times in the phylogeny. To do so, we used complete mitochondrial genome sequences to obtain detailed branching patterns and used a recently developed evolutionary rate to estimate the divergence times accurately. The evolutionary rate tends to be time-dependent, and in our view, our substitution rate is 3% per site per million years for divergence more than 100,000 years ago, uh, followed by a sharp increase to approximately 11% for divergence within the past 10,000 years. Of course, I must stress that uh, this is a hypothetical idea that is open to debate. Hmm. Can I add something? Yeah, definitely. Uh, yes, okay. So the evolutionary rate of mitochondrial genome sequence is very important, but the actual rate is really kind of controversial. And some people say that it's uh, 10% per million years. Some people say that it's 3% per million years. But Dr. Suzuki has a lot of experience and a lot of data he has. And he thinks that for recent evolution, 11% evolutionary rate is pretty good for estimating the recent divergence time. So we apply that rate to the, our mouse data. And uh, actually, the result is quite consistent to our knowledge of the human prehistory, the prehistorical human movement. So we think that the rate uh, we propose is quite reasonable and probably very good and can be applied to the other species. So I think that's one thing we can emphasize, although that rate itself is a little bit controversial. Yeah, I, I think evolutionary rates are always a bit controversial, but your paper definitely makes a very convincing case. But I guess before we get into the details of your analyses, I'm interested in your sampling because your samples cover a really huge geographic area, basically all of Asia and into Europe. So how did you collect them and how did you decide which populations you wanted to include? Yeah, a key person involved in this project was Kazuo Moriwaki. He supervised my doctoral thesis on Hasmas about 40 years ago. Wow. He yeah, he recognized the importance of house mice in natural populations for my biomedical researches, as well as assuming human history. He collected several hundreds of house mice samples worldwide, but mainly from Asia. These DNA samples are now stored at the Riken Bioresource Research Center at Tsukuba, Japan, as bioresources available for research use. And uh, I think fundamental part of this research is the results of Moriwaki's lifelong efforts. 
What a fantastic resource. That's great. So once you had all of these samples, which your your colleague had collected, what did you actually do with them? All right. So uh, let me explain that. So actually, so we selected 100 mice samples and we performed actually so whole genome synchronizing of these mice. Uh, but the whole genome analysis takes a lot of time for data validation and the quality checking and you know the imputation of the data. So we are now doing that. But before publish your whole genome sequencing data analysis, we decided to use the data of mitochondrial genome sequences you know, because it's very handy. And Dr. Suzuki had a lot of experience and knowledge for analyzing the mitochondrial genome sequences. That's the data we analyzed. Mm, fantastic. And I'm really curious as to what you actually found in the study. So what were some of your key results? Yeah, we made uh, several interesting discoveries. First, the northern muscle subspecies gradually moved eastward over the past 15,000 years, starting from somewhere near the Caspian Sea and then moving to western China. Around 10,000 years ago, it moved further east in western China, reaching northern China approximately 8,000 years ago. It was introduced to the Korean Peninsula 5,000 to 6,000 years ago. Finally, it reached the Japanese archipelago around 3,000 years ago. We believe that uh, these movements were triggered by the regional development of millet and rice agriculture. For example, uh, there is archaeological evidence that millet agriculture was introduced to the Korean Peninsula about 5,600 years ago, and the paddy rice cultivation was introduced to the Japanese archipelago from the Korean Peninsula about 3,000 years ago. And uh, next, uh, consider the southern Castanet lineage. Our result suggests that one lineage originated in China approximately 5,000 years ago and then dispersed to remote areas of the Philippines and Indonesia and other coastal area of South and Southeast Asia. Of course, uh, there are no land bridges between these areas, and we assume that they were transported on board in ancient times. The region and the time suggest the involvement of the Australonesian-speaking people who brought agriculture techniques, cultivated plants, livestock, and even rodents as food to different areas. We plan to verify this in a future study. In addition, uh, later in the differentiation of the Castanet lineage, one sub-lineage spread to two distinct geographic regions 3,000 to 3,500 years ago, Yunnan province in South China and the Japanese archipelago. It likely originated somewhere in South China, perhaps the Yangtze River Basin. This may be linked to the development of the cold-tolerant temperate Japonica rice strain. Temperate Japonica rice was developed in China after the global climatic crisis around 4,000 years ago and allowed rice cultivation at high elevations like Yunnan and high latitudes like Japan. In conclusion, I think we revealed the spatial temporal movement of the house mice at the final resolution than ever before. Mm, it's really interesting and it's amazing how detailed you are and how many connections you can make to human agriculture from these genetic data. And I know you've already explained your results in detail, but I wonder broadly, 
what these mice can tell us about human history. So we think that mice tell us much about prehistoric humans. Even today, house mice travel around the world by airplane and ship, but the house mice provide useful historical information, and each local population can tell us about ancient history. We confirm that the house mice is very useful for tracing prehistoric humans. Can I say, so uh, there are three mouse subspecies we analyzed, and one is Mus musculus, one is Mus castanels, and one is Mus domesticus. And actually, so the Mus musculus is distributed across Eurasia and northern part of New Eurasia, and it's for human migration. So there's a lot of uh, progress of the recent you know, human genetics study, and people found that Historically, people guessed that to the East Asia, so from the out of Africa, humans migrated uh, using the two routes, from the southern and northern route. So southern and northern means that it's uh, against the Himalayan mountains, you know, whether he, people migrated through the south of the Himalayan mountains or north of the Himalayan mountains. And there's a lot of discussion whether how many people, you know, which route was the, were the major route. And Recent human genetic studies have shown that the southern migration route, people came from the southern migration route, consists as a contributor a lot to the current East Asian genetic component. And for the northern route, there's, we know that there is some 3,000 or 30,000 or 40,000 years ago, uh, suddenly there were some people migrated to the East Asia through the northern route. But later, they were almost replaced by the people from the southern route. But the musculs seems to migrate it from South Asia or Middle East through the northern route. So the distribution of the musculus uh, is showing the, the existence of the northern route, migration route. So probably after people migrated to East Asia through the southern route, there's a lot of connection between East and West in the northern route. So I think the uh, muscus, muscus distribution is showing the presence of the interconnection between Eastern and Western world through the northern route. Mm, it's very interesting. Your results are very, very impressive. And I guess you'll be happy to hear I only have one question left. I wonder what the broader message in this paper is. So for people who don't work on humans or mice, what's the key message for them? Yeah, uh, the history of house mice is interesting because it shows us that people living in Eurasia are historically related to each other and are tightly linked to various aspects, including genetic trait and language and culture. So we look forward to future collaborative development in various fields of sciences. Mm. So the, if you want to know the human history, genetic data is not sufficient to draw some conclusions. So we are now collaborating a lot of people in the different fields, like archaeologists and linguists. And probably the genetic studies of other organisms related to the human activity, like mice, could be very useful to know the history of the humans. I know it, mice is not the only uh, animals that move move with humans. There's a lot of uh, other small mammals or even plants. So it's really interesting to integrate the many different sources of information to understand the history of a human. Mm, I fully agree. That's a very good message to end this episode on. So just to finish, I wonder if you could remind us of your paper's title and also just tell us about anyone else who deserves a special mention in producing this work. 
Yeah. Uh, house mass, mass, mass groups dispersal in East Eurasia inferred from 98 newly determined complete mitochondrial genome sequences. So I would like to thank Kazuo Moriwaki and my other collaborators, especially the Russian scientist Alexei Kirukov and to Ken Aplin, Australia, Peter Fogel, Switzerland, and uh, Kimiyuki Tsuchiya, Japan, for their contribution in the mass project. So this study was done under the bigger project uh, that we're focusing on the history of Japanese. That is the Japonesian Genome Project. And I would like to thank the director of that project, Naruya Saito, for supporting this project. Mm, Brilliant. Well, thank you very much, both of you, for joining me and sharing this research. And hopefully people will now go and read your paper. Yeah, thank you for your invitation. Thank you. Thanks to Hitoshi and Naoki. You can find their paper on the Heredity website. That's nature.com forward slash hdy. While you're there, you can also find out how to submit your paper to the journal. Heredity is the official journal of the Genetic Society. You can subscribe to the Heredity podcast wherever you get your podcasts, and you can follow us on Twitter. That's at Heredity Journal. If you want to get in touch with me directly, drop me an email at hereditypodcast.gen at gmail.com. I'm James Bergen. Thanks for listening. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.